0: The clerk, my arm, now look on your arm, march, my baby, I came with D-Rex, i like to look on your arm, march on the my baby, Oh it's the man, he calls you, he's probably, probably, he's busy, oh, it was much, he's hard,
1: Well, hello and welcome to the A&E Rugby Postcast with Angie. Hello. Hello, and myself, Elmer. And so, Andrew, um, apart from uh, falling out with Stephen Jones on Twitter, I see, uh, what have you been up
2: to this weekend? Well, I I think let's just set the scene here. Let's set the scene. We are um, basically like Pike. He's sitting in a massive green field, really lovely, chilled. Alma's got the full five-star luxury caravan and everything that goes with it. Um, And and this is really nice. And uh, yeah, you're so sweet you've been chased by all the bees, which is quite funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but this uh, this weekend for me, I mean, gee, Friday we're going to talk about that, and I've basically been on a high since Friday. Any particular reason, Andrew? No, Elmer, uh, but you can have one guess.
1: <laughs> what have you been up to? Today? Yeah, fantastic. So I'm um, we're at the campsite at the moment. We've been here a few days now with the family. Uh, family have gone missing today, so we can have a chat. Um, on friday yeah uh wow um, i had a little drive up to twickenham headquarters as they call it over here <laughs> and i actually passed you in the car going yeah, up did. past denby's wine launch um i didn't see you in the game uh, pre-game or throughout the game so yeah. ah geez and ah, hectic and unbelievable experience at twickenham and yeah, just catching um playing cricket kite flying with the kids the lighters and um Rying and catching up on the other rugby. Mm, so it's mm, been loads a really nice weekend then, here. Yeah. yeah, so on we go. So oh, let's get to it. Springboks thirty-five. New Zealand All Blacks seven. Yes, that's thirty-five <laughs> seven. <laughs> a record score, a record a record defeat for the All Blacks I'm reading. Historically it's his, it's nobody's history. ever beaten them. So pure history. Um, so before we get into the game itself, Andrew, what about the occasion itself Yeah, here? It's in London, it's not in South Africa, it's not in New Zealand, there's mm. 80,000 80, plus supporters yeah. there. I
2: mean... That was something I've never experienced before, outside of being in a city in South Africa. Um, it was pumping, it was a family carnival, <laughs> there were, like you said, there were thousands of people. There was a really good vibe as well, mm. Because mm. both sides were confident. Mm -hmm. You know, but it was, I think, a lot to do with the occasion, so many expats, but I I must admit it was a little bittersweet at times for me because I thought, you know, why, you know, it's a pity we can't be doing this at home um, in South Africa. Mm. So, you know, I don't want to harp too much on that, but I think everybody took the opportunity that could get there and made the most of it. I mean, there were people I, I met, two different people, one came in from South Africa, one came in from New Zealand in the morning, so Friday morning. So people put a big effort to come from everywhere to watch this game, all with great expectation.
1: No, absolutely awesome. I met a number of people who'd flown in from SA themselves and even two to, to Oakes, who were chatting to from Dublin who had flown in even. just to see the game.
2: A lot of English, a lot yeah, of, I was sat was. next to two Englishmen wearing England
1: Well, That's what I <laughs> noticed as well, Andrew. The, the English supporters, I mean, good on them. They're wearing their jerseys. But,
2: geez. I, I, said, I said to the guy next to me, I said, you're a day early. So he started laughing. He said, no, I can't come tomorrow. I can't come tomorrow. You know, we know what we're going to get there. So, yeah, you're right. So many English fans, so many Irish fans. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Such a carnival atmosphere. Uh, Kiwis that were sat around us were really good in defeat as well. And you could see the horror and shock on their faces, young and old. For something they'd never experienced in their lives. I mean, they hadn't. This has never happened, like we said. It's historic.
1: Ooh, likewise. Yeah. Okay, so part of the build up as well, I, I don't know when you found out, but we were in the fan zone before, and um, a friend, uh, friend, the Rado family, pointed out that um, Billy DeRue was injured.
3: Yeah. And yeah.
1: that Clarkus um, Smith was coming into the squad, which gave us <laughs> the 7 1 split. Only ever heard of in club rugby where, where backs are just not available on benches, it's just yeah. always overweight eggs. But uh, so when I, did you find out
2: about it? So I, I was sitting in the stands, I was, I was watching the team warm up, they're running through their drills, and uh, I belong to the Walker Boys uh, Facebook uh, or WhatsApp group. Shout out to you, lads. Um, and the thing is, it's like it's basically like Twitter for rugby. Um, so all all of a sudden it came through, and then I thought somebody made a joke here, and then somebody confirmed it, and uh, yeah, I c- I kind of understood why they could do it because Kwak is such a hybrid player. Um, so yeah, I, w- I wasn't even that concerned; it, it didn't bother me. I thought let's have a look, see what happens.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I, I also had the same sort of conversations in terms of who they brought on, um, given his seven spark ground, etc. You yeah. know, he could uh, he could do a job certainly at the centre, or, yeah, or wing,
2: whatever. wing as well,
1: or wing, and then um, I just. Yeah. Just leaves uh, Cobus as the uh, as the one, eh? but we'll get on to him later. Yeah. So first half,
2: whoosh. Wow. So we we were sitting uh, as as they were uh, sitting with my brother, um, and, and we were set. we a really good. we were behind the post, but at a really good height to be mm. able to get kind of the 3D view of of the game. And um, yeah, we we were. It was about twenty minutes in, twenty five minutes in, and I only recall as ever being in. Their half, the game was literally camped in front of us. And I think the ball was kicked into their half or our half twice. So we spent ages, ages uh, battle- uh, sort of battering into them. And I thought, you know, we, we aren't scoring and we've been there for so long. But I think the difference is this time is they were defending so much and so desperately that it was taking a toll. That kind of mental pressure... The crowd was South Africa and they were all over them. It, it, it was a proper cauldron. And I think that counted in the end when the two, you know, the two yellow cards and eventually the red, talk about that a little bit more. And then the box started to tick. You know, once, once that wall broke and it took a good 18 minutes, I think it was in the 18th minute Seo went over. I think we had been over three times before that. I ask myself, why do these forwards continuously try to barge over when they know mm. they're not going to make it, because the ball gets given better, so something we want to potentially consider. Um, okay, yeah, know, I I mean, just come, come in there now, because
1: yeah, I, yeah. I was feeling exactly the same, and the people around me, shout out to Warwick and the Grutero family, um, we all had that sense of frustration. I mean, it was awesome to see the amount of dominance, the possession. Fantastic, we're winning our own li- winning offensive lineouts on their five-meter line, and the key was continually infringing at, at, at the mall at the line art and um, to the fact as uh, as we know they went down to 13 men but what uh, what was our point of frustration really was i mean credit to new zealand their defense was awesome mm. we were doing the same thing you know yellow cord and then we're going to the line um but as you said doing the same thing over and over again and it wasn't working their defense was awesome and w- so all this dominance, all this possession, wasn't translating to the scoreboard. And we have seen this a lot in the process. It wasn't translating to right.
2: the scoreboard, but it was quite translating into the breakdown of them.
1: You're right. And on reflection, you only pick up on this. But when you're caught yeah. in the heat of the moment, watching yeah. it, you think, here we go again. We're dominating the all Blacks. You know, we'll, con- we'll concede a penalty soon. They'll tap and go, and it'll be 14-0 before <laughs>
2: Well, <laughs> if, if you remember the first game that uh, oh. we played against them in the Rugby World Cup, um, that we lost. Peter stuffed it towards. We score. were camped <laughs> in their half, absolute dominance. Yeah. And, I, and I was kind of sitting there thinking, if we don't score, the same thing, because th- it can be a two or three yeah. minute turnaround with New Zealand. We've seen it before. Yeah.
1: Less than that, even.
2: E- exactly. That. And and so, yeah, I, I was getting a bit nervous. Okay, about
1: it. so we're at the same sort of point. And yeah, I was boarding on quite angry. I was very vocal. The other people around me were <laughs> laughing. But anybody who knows me as a scrum off. a lot of people laughed at me, even the opponents, because I got very vocal. <laughs> but um, I was thinking okay we've, we've now got an overlap at least one overlap we've got you've picked backs so you can run a ball yeah why aren't we using them and so and they weren't using them then they tried to a couple of times and I think my pimpy got bundled into touch another another uh, ball I think it was knocked on and it was at this point I was thinking well normally I'd be looking at the 15 which is normally really coming in being vehicle joining the line and on reflection did we miss really in that first off is in terms of his, his vocality, if you like, mm. and coming in his cleverness at the, when it's on, he comes in, he joins the line and he invariably creates a try try through it or no, you don't agree I, okay I, I, I'm just I, posing I, the question yeah
2: to you. i I saw that I, I saw a couple of people make that comment, and I, I don't think um Billy would have made that difference myself. I think we picked all all, all those guys played really well and I, I don't I don't know who I would have replaced with somebody else. In that game, so no. so would
1: you just put that moment of play to down to awesome defense for the would. Kiwis? which it was, yeah, and that the Springboks were completely empowered and convinced they would go over eventually, which they did, of course,
2: well, and, and, which, and yeah. also you know, backline that had never played together, um, were distributing the ball quite nicely, so they, you know, there was good cohesion even for a team in terms of the backline that hadn't played together. I want to mention one other thing, on you and I have spoken endlessly about this over a beer or a glass of wine. Maybe I ask it as a question rather. Why did it take until Friday for Nihaba to select this pack when you and I and most I mean the fans are clever. The the Ooh. rugby public are clever. Everybody's been calling for this pack yep. to play. We we could have buried New Zealand in Ellis Park last year, is yep. my view. We went in there with such a strange selection and it almost you know, Dweber wasn't on song. We picked a couple of different locks and everything. We had this pack, and we could have gone and done that.
1: And, and, and we, we knew it wouldn't. Y- yes. Which we never know. We,
2: we did Mount Smart. Fossie would
1: have been gone, probably.
2: It would have changed the shape of New Zealand rugby completely. <laughs> You're right. And and that, that was my point. And then we, we went to Mount Smart, and we had what looked like a semi. But again, we know what the best pack is here. They know what the best pack is here. Why? Why? I think we've ruined a cycle of four years when we see what these guys can do and they did it against potentially the best team in rugby history or at least the best I team in rugby
1: history. I think the coach's argument would be COVID played a part and that um, it was the best part of two years out and they had this limited time to experiment with players and the only way of testing them is to throw them in. I disagree that, Sire, when you, your momentum and your consistency are good and you've got your foot on the neck of the New Zealand, mm. which the mm. one team, you know, <laughs> the one team you don't take it off yeah and then you throw all that away by
2: Do changing you did before yeah.
1: Ellis Park I remember you, we all called that at the same yeah,
2: time yeah so I was really glad to see that I'm not crazy and that this <laughs> well you are but yeah yeah in different ways um that this pack did what I think they should have done if they'd been given the opp- or would have done if they'd been given the opportunity against Wales um, in, in that tour um, against New Zealand and you know just <laughs> probably with all of the players being in Japan and that okay. weren't quite ready for Mount Smart.
1: I um, completely agree with you. I think 99% of supporters will agree with us. Really more supporters. So Franco coming back at number five. Five. What did you think?
2: Yeah. I, I mean he, he is a fast he's traditionally he's isn't He's not he? a flanker. Yeah. I
1: <laughs> or is he? That's his position, surely.
2: You know what? As a as a Lions supporter, yes, you heard that right, a Lions supporter, um, Franco Mostert was awesome. And on Friday, I, I saw him doing a lot of ugly work, I, I must say. And he, his tackling was 90% better than it was in the, the game before that they played against New Zealand. So I do like it. I think it, it balances. I think we've got enough size in that pack, clearly, that we can afford to have somebody that's potentially not 120, 125 kgs like Lewis, and, a, and adds a good dimension to the team. I didn't see a loss there. Did you? No, no. not no, no.
1: I saw an enhancement and somebody who's playing in the position. He always seems to play well. The kinds of guys, you always Almost question his work rate at times and his form when he's playing in the other positions. But uh.
2: Well, that's a be cool. I've never questioned his work rate. Mm. I, I think the form's right. I think the form's right. Okay, yeah, the red card. What's. Yeah, Scott Barrett, that was such stupidity on a level. He's got
1: form for stupidity. I know. Not for a
2: while, but he has got form for it. Potentially could be South African with the amount of dumb things <laughs> we do on a field. But um, yeah, I. Look, I think it was a yellow card. I don't think he should. Um, you know, go through the process and be suspended. I think it was shoulder on shoulder. wasn't quite in um, Malcolm Marx's face, but it was just so silly. But again, you know, we said they were camped in their half. I think that's the pressure. You know, maybe we didn't get the points, but the pressure made him do something silly.
1: I completely agree with you, Angie. It, it It looked an act of frustration and indiscipline to me. It was completely reckless. And sort of, it is a sort of a, a thing you see a lot in rugby that goes unnoticed by officials, a lot. Uh,
0: hmm.
1: But it's all about discipline at the highest level with knockout rugby. And it did, it, it was reckless. It was it, it was an act of frustration as I saw it. And But at the same time, I don't think it warranted a red
2: card. No. I, well, I, it was I two, see it like two two a, a yellow card. Two yellows. Two yellows. Yeah. Yeah, so. I've,
1: seen, I've seen some people recently, yeah. uh, especially in the English media, so... I know that's a pure, that's a straight red. No, it's
2: just a cheap shot. That's all it was. Yeah,
1: you could do so actually. That's a good. good
2: there's, there's no. another, there's another spin on this. Um, so, what did you think of the fact that Malcolm Marx called over to Sir Calisia and told him to go to the ref and look at it on the big screen?
1: Well, he's followed the correct protocol of rugby, hasn't he? He's approached his captain, yeah. who has the ear of the referee. But,
2: right? Well, I, I, no, so that's not really what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm talking about. I haven't seen that from us. And is it a, a strange sort of fork in the road for rugby if we start doing that? So if anybody thinks that they were slightly, um, how can I put it, someone broke the rules against them, they start telling the captain now to go and have a look.
1: Okay, so I'd have more of an issue if Malcolm Marks was on the ground um, appealing to the referee or waving imaginary cards well, as he doing soccer.
2: He, he was doing all of it.
1: Well, He
2: wasn't waving a card.
1: Okay, that's, that's completely bypassed me. So if, if that is the case, uh, yeah, I'm completely against it. It needs clamping down or it needs shutting out of our sport. Yeah. There's, no place, there's no place for it in our sport because once that becomes acceptable, yeah. it becomes that's, that's acceptable I mean. to those who watch it, juniors who watch it, it reduces... Um, and you
2: look for penalties. You, you actually yeah. look for penalties.
1: The respect of authority just gets ever eroded and diminished. It's, it's
2: like diving in football.
1: And um, we may as well change the oval ball to the rounder version. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> well, that's how I see it. Yeah, I agree. So that bypassed me with Marks. Uh, I did see a couple of comments from um, the Kiwi Press. I think it was mentioned on the breakdown. Mm. That I watched a little bit of earlier that um, I want to Marks talk about is that playing answer. up. And I was thinking, I hope he did because Marks is such a strong a strong. I've
2: never player, seen him you know. complain. It, oh. not, a not very not. quiet man he oh. he, uh, he, he kind of does his talking on the field with mm. his actions and uh, I've never seen him do that so, I almost perceive him as quite shy as well. Yeah, he's, he does seem a bit sort of reserved doesn't he mm. Not not on the field at times but certainly in personality and getting involved in the words um i I watching the breakdown like you said um oh, you they, they, they well? were uni- okay. yes they were unanimous in saying it wasn't even a yellow card. It could have just been yes. a penalty. Could you imagine Bucky's Water came flying in and did that to, uh, you know, one of their one of their players? They'd
1: still be on bar.
2: Yeah, it it, six week ban. Actually, for laugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just a thug. Another thug <laughs> in green and gold. Shout out to Bucky's. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Okay, so um, so um, half time.
2: No. I've got to shout out to another one of the Come forwards, um, Peter Steph the Toy. Suddenly what, a the first haul.
1: what a first half! What a first half!
2: Turned the corner, made a try-saving tackle on Talia. Hey, off the side of the scrum. I didn't realise how fast he is.
1: Um, so Mark Talia, he was my Kiwi standout player. Just uh, just just as a note, and just to highlight Peter Steph's uh, contribution in stopping him, I th- he really stood out to me as the only uh, the only threat from New Zealand. Just I, as a side note, we can talk about this.
2: Yeah, that, so I, I kind of have two. I, I think Mawanga was very good in his defence. Mm.
1: Oh, the first, I think he held one of us up. Yeah, he,
2: he held one of us up. He squared up to um, Esther <laughs> and He took that in his face. Um, but, but just really good at, at um, defending. And then um, also that scrum off that they brought on.
0: He, Whoa,
2: Gus! Yeah, he <laughs> made things. He, he he changed the game a little bit in terms of, um, you know, attacking us around the edges. I know it's the second half we're talking about, but he added a different dimension. And I think we had also become a little bit complacent. We missed and, um, a couple of tackles, but I I've seen him once or tw- twice before, and, and he looks a good player.
1: He does, and um, Cobus could have had the same similar effect if he'd have come on as nine. Mm. Uh,
2: no, I mean the wing um, Beckham. Are well, talking about Ranach um, Elmer <laughs>
1: Uh, back to Peter stuff. Yeah. Awesome first half. I don't think we have to dwell too much on the yellow card. No, it is no. what it was. I don't know what else he could have done differently. It was never a red card. It's always going to be I'm, a yellow. I'm, cord.
2: I'm just, I'm just worried a little bit. Um, and and it was more in the Australia France game that I saw it, it was even more prevalent. Is attached to the head when people are bent over, doubled, and these people are going to stop tackling at some stage, and you're just going to learn to be very clever as to where you put your head when you go into a tackle and people are going to start You're talking getting simple. you yeah. manipulation
1: I am. And then am. training on a training pitch to manipulate your defender by putting your head
2: Yeah, yeah. In into place. his arm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, strange times.
1: Okay, so we make it to half time. the uh, I think New Zealand had a try disallowed in the first half.
2: Yeah, it was right at the end of the first half. I think. What, what was it for? Uh, knock on, I believe. Knock on, knock on. Before that happened, this bunker system and the amount of time it takes now to look at everything. We we had played about 58 minutes by the end of the first half when it when it got to 40 minutes on the clock. Um, I know we had had the, the Lomax injury. Ooh, it was an hour, uh, an, hour, uh, an hour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an extra 20 minutes. And it, there was all this back and forth and everything. It, it, uh, and the reason I raise it is it leaves a bad taste in my mouth going into the World Cup. It's a lottery. It's a loty mm. yeah with w- vicious side move on
1: mm, yeah okay second half um New Zealand down to fourteen um what I did enjoy in the second half was um, and it was it was pretty much due to New Zealand being down to fourteen having a key part of their line out missing from the field mm. we were showing variation in the line out at loss and that was clever from um from the string box themselves and it resulted in two trials that i certainly saw like we well, all saw them uh, the first one being malcolm ox's trial where mm. he pretty much stood on he threw the ball in normally you you expect him to run around back of the wall mm. new zealand completely set themselves for the wall mm. malcolm Marks just stood pretty much where he threw it and see being uh, the obviously pre-planned well i, I, yeah, I yeah. presume yeah, it yeah. was yeah. Sia comes off quickly pins his uh, pins his defender Ball to Marks, it's an easy run. Yeah. So. It's simple, but great variation. And clever. So it's, it's,
2: it's not often that we claim to outsmart New no. Zealand. So, <laughs> no. I, from where I was sitting, and um, the All Blacks were camped on the line of, of New Zealand. And there was, remember, Marnie did some really good kicks into the corner, mm. and Malcolm had multiple lineups. You could see um, the New Zealand pack really well drilled. They came in like a fan. and they were really well drilled, and they kept they kept stopping us, they kept stopping us. Cleverly, the first line-out after half-time, you know, when you're not quite on song, they did that move, which was really clever. I mean, it, it went in quick, the All Blacks fan came in, uh, stopped them, they passed it, Sia off to Malcolm, he trod on Aaron Smith on his way over, and uh, try, and clever. And
1: ironically, it's something that the Kiwis do, they score... How many times has this called just before yeah. half time against us? And no, then straight off, yeah. Bosh, the go go. And something similar ish happened with a Cogger Smith uh, try as well, where he was immediately given the ball off the back of a perceived maul. And he's in space, he's got defenders in front of him, but that's all he needs. Mm. That's all he needs. And um, there's only one result. Mm. There's only one result
2: there. Do, do, you, do you think. Um, why do you think the Kiwis were so off?
1: Well, I think you have to give a lot of credit to the Springboks for being on it. Picking, picking that pack of forwards, <laughs> clearly, clearly at the start, having the ball initially helps. Mm. Maintaining the pressure helps. Having a fly-off who's kicking in that first half, or um, it wasn't always uh, Marnie. I think Willemser was kicking as well, but um, winning our own line
2: but you're answering the wrong question. You're telling me what the Springboks did well. But I don't think my, my the, question, point being, the point being the point being I don't think anybody
1: do can defend against that. Yeah? Or X, ex- if you're winning your set piece, your scrum, your yeah. line out, and you're pinning people in their own half,
2: how, how do you get out of it? Hold, hold on. So are you, are you saying that they were going back like Italian tanks? And um, that, so that that was in the in the scrums, and and they were full scrums because Geordie Barrett, six foot five, hundred and ten 110 <laughs> kgs, can add his weight. They were getting trounced there. They were also very narrow in attack, which was very unusual. They were all clumped behind each other. That
1: worked, though, against us in New Zealand.
2: Well, clearly we learned something. I I, I didn't have the same perspective on the game. The camera, when you watch on TV, is on the side, in the middle. I was set behind the post, so you you get a different view. And they were very, very narrow, which isn't the way that they play against us. (laughs) Just give me a second. So... I've watched a couple of comments about it. There was an English, uh, your favourite uh, English director, Stephen does... Jones. Oh no, no, he's not no, sure. no, <laughs> not. Um, the, the other one that does the short YouTube stuff. And he said he didn't. He felt that New Zealand um, were probably just like, well, this doesn't really mean much to us. We've proved ourselves over the last year. Let's just go in here, have a bit of a kind of knockout, and see what happens. I, I, I don't know how anybody can use that as an excuse because. As a Kiwi rugby player, you don't get away with doing something like that. So I don't agree with it. But if we had to play them again tomorrow or next week's Saturday, I don't think the scoreline would be that decisive. I think we do have a better team because our forwards are so good. But their scrumming scrumming was so bad that um, when we played them in New Zealand, their scrumming was was quite good. I would say there was parity. I we might have got a little bit of There was parity. Yeah, yeah there was, was more par- <laughs> it was yeah, pretty much parity and then the backs really played well with the aerial game of which we improved on. But there was how do you, how do you go from that to where they were? So the line out's okay, we took the main jump out, but the scrum, how do you get decimated in the scrum to a level like that when you had parity a few weeks ago? Now I know our scrum so yeah. was a very different pack.
1: Yeah. And just listening to talking now, something that I was conscious of during the game was, um, and maybe it was because they felt New Zealand felt so strangled at the set piece, the line the scrum, they were doing something differently, which I haven't really seen for a while at that sort of standard. Their exit strategy was going wrong all over mm. the place. I mean, people were doing offloads in their own 22, which which we saw, I mean, one was heavily punished by Kirtley, um, but not the only time, it was punished two or three times. I saw, I noticed in the second half, we had Geordie um, Barrett doing a crossfield yeah. kick in his, practically on 20, his own line, yeah. and fluffed it. Yeah. And you think, when do we ever see things like this? And And I'm talking exit strategy, and maybe we're getting back to a sense of frustration, or a sense of, well, what else can we do? Because we're being dominated and suffocated, so... Have we got to do something outrageous, almost Fijian-like or Southerns-like.
2: So I agree with all of that. Do you think oh. that the South African coaches are so clever? No. That they, <laughs> Sorry. That they, that no. They, they tricked um, New Zealand by losing at Ellis Park in Mount Smart. Knowing that we would go there and do this to them. And now New Zealand are like in a quandary can't give them that much credit. But, but well done to the players. They're so brilliant.
1: Yeah, maybe that's just one of the very few benefits of selecting that squad at Ellis Park a year ago.
2: An interesting stat that caught me um, was the Springboks missed 40 tackles and the All Blacks missed 27. Mm. I never felt that, did you? Where, where is I knew it? the Springboks had missed a few because
1: um, I brought his name up earlier, this Mark bought um, mm. the, the, the place of... Um, Auckland doesn't he? the Blues. He's um he must have beat a few people. He's a good. He's he a, beat a few people, and even late on in the game, he's still doing it. Rynock came on, and uh, I think his first interaction without the ball was was um, being beaten by Mark. But
2: yeah. that's a different stat. It's not pe- people beaten. It's missed tackles. So a missed mm. tackle by definition means you get a hand or something on them.
1: No, well, New Zealand's try. Did all 48 come on that trial?
2: It was about <laughs> six. <laughs> and how's Kunis Reinach, like Sonic the Hedgehog, he, well, came uh, across the <laughs> pace and almost caught him?
1: Lovely finish, though, wasn't it? Yeah, Behind the herd. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just um, before I, I'd like to talk about the centre partnership, but I spent quite a bit of time last week talking about this oak and um, <laughs> and the last couple of years just tearing my hair out over this fly off position. but I'd always have Pollard ahead of Marnie LeBoc. However, to his credit, he came good, more so than good. Uh, mm. He nailed all his kicks, and uh, I think you've uh, mentioned his touch, his his kickster touch. He was getting distance and accuracy on those. On those, uh, the only thing I can think of, only only mistake I can remember was the missed tackle on. Um, yeah. But that was half the team missed. Yeah. But he really should have taken and from the position he yeah. was own. Yeah. But but Molly LeBock Great game, a great game. I describe him as having a great game. I,
2: a I, I, I think he could have been close to man of the match. He, he did everything really well except the back line to His, he, he defended really well. I told you last week when we spoke, me as an ex-love, I didn't think his kicking there was huge issues. I'm, I'm hoping you worked on a lot because those were easy kicks to make, and you do go on and off in, in form. And he's a seventy what, seventy two percent kicker. You probably need to be an eighty percent kicker. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully they listen to us. Maybe they listen to us. And I don't and know
1: about you, Andrew, but the first 18, 20 minutes, whatever, when we were just purely going for the line outs. Yeah, yeah. And every penalty, there was no way he was kicking it. There was a lot of people laughing around. Yeah, Where you yeah, going, no, oh, No, go for the line Go
2: for the line-up. Which, sure. which I think they had to do. Um, I, So I, I agree with it. And I made the comment to the guy sitting next to me in his England top saying, they've got no confidence in Marnie, um, which I get. M- Marnie, for me, is a more complete player than Pollard. Um, Pollard though is going to mm. win you a World Cup because of his kicking
1: Defensively sound also oh, And cool. can carry a ball carry actually Doesn't carry make, make ball mistakes so,
2: yeah. He's one of those guys, he sometimes when really he falls into full back um, He doesn't miss the up and under He's, he's very skillful very skillful.
1: Almost another centre I know he's played centre but he's, he's, he's not really a proper authentic centre But no. almost another centre yeah.
2: I, I would I would be more happy if things panned out and he went into full-back to cover um, kicking.
1: pull yeah, Pollard. Yeah. And he has the pace for
2: yeah, well, you watched the 2019 World Cup final. He fell, he drops back a lot in that mm. game. In fact, he almost scored a trial and up and under came from the back. Yeah. doesn't miss the high ball. And he's yep. used to switching with Vili. Yeah. Games. But, yeah, look, we we digress. We're talking about Marnie. M- so, Marnie, really
1: in my good. mind now, he has to back this up because that's my concern with, with Morning and, and even Willem, so you can have the odd kicking. Consistency. You know, consistency. Consistency. It's okay if we did this against New Zealand in the quarter final and we go through and then the next game we play whoever and he misses every single flipping one and we're out. Or we just scrape through by one
2: point. It's, it's, it's very well. difficult to to replicate performances like this. We had a we had a good game the week before. Um that was solid. This game they ratcheted up upper level but, you know, and remember England in 2019, the semi-final against New Zealand, they played a near-perfect game of rugby. Mm. Um, and this is the only game of rugby... I, I thought that was the best game of rugby I've seen a team play. As a, I watched it again. It was brilliant. And then they got smashed because they weren't battle-hard and they didn't have the forwards. But I, I'll be very interested to see where we are against Scotland. Yeah, but
1: just on Marnie again, I don't. what I don't expect from him or any fly-off is to go from one extreme to the other. So... Okay, if he doesn't back it up the next game, at least get you know, get up there with his seventy percent minimum mm. of kicks. Mm. You miss a couple, you miss a couple, but you're missing a raft of them.
2: Mm. Yeah, because it's that spotlight Back-to-back effect, store. that flashlight effect, isn't it? Where you on or you off completely, which equals that you end up like with an average like seventy percent. But that means in some games you get naught out of four and other games you get five out of five. Uh,
1: and we don't need a lottery, uh. No.
2: <laughs> we my heart, lottery. my heart can't handle it. Okay. So the <laughs> centre
1: partnership. This was a concern of mine going into it. Haven't played together. Moody, okay, played in. He played school rugby as a, which was only last week. Nothing. <laughs> he played school rugby as a thirteen. But listen, there's a huge difference. So, and Andre the Giant, brilliant. There we go. So
2: Jeez, he was destructive. He was destructive. He, I, I talk, again like last week. We were talking. We were saying we hope for a big game for him. Harlequins is your. England team he's been you know one of the best players in the Premiership which you know if you look at the England players probably not a hard thing to do but um, really really I'm, I'm glad for him it puts pressure on Damien I think which will be good and uh, then we talk about moody so maybe we should start looking at Lumpo who they've got at 13 this year so we can start thinking about who to bring in for next year. Um, phenomenal. And what He's got um, skills on skills.
1: Yeah, just back to Andre, I was super impressed with him. Mm. That's the first time, as a Springbok, that I feel he's, and uh, he was tested against the All Blacks, it's the first time I thought, yep, you're to the man of ball, as they say, yeah, you, you you can do well at this level. Yeah, To the point now where I, I'm thinking, well, who starts? That so, sort of thing. The, and which leads okay. me on to this question, sorry, is um, if the coach kept that centre partnership, the same for the Scotland game, how do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with it.
1: Really? Yes. As opposed to, say, Dior Linde and Jesse Kiel. So,
2: D- Dior Linde, I told Call you, a mixture I, I, feel he, I feel he's out of form. Um, and So, De Linde can play 12 and 13. I'd mm. be very happy for them to start with Esther Hazen and Moody, which means also that we can have more attacking flair on the wings and that it's not a, a fight for the wing positions oh, between I, between Moody, Summer, Pimpy, mm. And Colby. See, this is going to be my other question to you because um, if Moody, um, if Moody has now
1: established himself as a starter, let's say, or even in the squad, does that mean he's pushing the likes of him, a Pimpy or Curtly out of the squad completely? Because he doesn't just offer uh, a position on the wings; he offers now a, a position in the centre. So it's more so in terms of splits. When you're only having one per a seven-one split. or <laughs> Let's let's presume it's going to be the 6 two, please, let's presume it's a 6-2 split. Uh, then, um, you know, his versatility may work for him, yeah. whereas sometimes it works against people in terms of the split.
2: I think it's a double-edged sword, this one. And I, I was thinking about it during the week, and I was thinking, I, I hope they don't do a ruined peanut to him. Or, you, you know, when they start playing in multiple positions, doesn't make one his own, then he gets really criticized for it. This guy's a unique talent. Um, If you're going to play him 13 and wing, that's fine. But just don't start changing him. You know, then don't throw him into full back. Don't, you know, just have a good plan with him. Talk to Jake. Get him playing the same position for the Bulls. And and let's nurture this guy properly because he's the future. And um, so relaxed
1: and such good poise. So confident at that level. The second half, I know he had his try disallowed, but he scored that right in front of us in the stadium. That was a try. But, okay, well... So he, he kicks the ball, he picks it up. You know, a couple of uh, defenders against him. He's got options left. Yeah. Complete options. You think you know? A, you're young. You're 20 years of age. You're playing the All Blacks that took him, <laughs> 80,000 people. You 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 go past the first man, but the last covering defender. You know what would a coach say? Just give, it, give it? Give it. <laughs> no, in he the has the confidence to step inside and yeah. over the line.
2: But, but like stops and <laughs> steps inside and then jogs over and puts the ball down and gets up like it's just another day in the back garden. And that's how it looked. So if we talk about that disallowed trial, so the he was bound because he was holding on to the shirt. I think it was a pimpy shirt who was bound into the ruck. So therefore he's bound. And the ball comes splitting out. The TMO again was arguing with the ref. The ref was saying he's bound. He's holding on and then the TMO was so sort of, not, not aggressive, that's the wrong word, but so adamant that it was, um, he wasn't part of the rut that they disallowed it. But that was actually a try. And and that would have been what, 42? 40, that's a massive belt. So I think he was a bit unlucky. But there we just saw what you have in in that guy. And I hope we don't do silly things with him. Like we say, and move him in all over the pitch. And we just need to claim, I, I like him in the balance of the team. Where we are with M out, I think it makes more sense to play my 13 third team and to... Ahead of Creel. Ahead of Creel, but also because it, it lets us play two wings um, that aren't him. So, you know, you've got, you can play Colby and then a bit more muscle on the other side with Pimpy, or you can play Orinza, you've got him there as well. You've got really you know, he's just suddenly opened up a completely different dimension for the back
1: hundred percent. That's why I was asked the question, You know, mm-hmm. do you think he's pushed one of the wingers out of the squad now because of his versatility and his comfort? I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. He's only played 13 once now. Yeah. What a start. In contrast to that, how do you think the wingers played? I know Curt um, scored a fantastic opportunist
2: trial. Yeah, I think they were good. I thought my Pimpy was very good. I thought he was aggressive. I thought he was sharp. His defence was good. I think it's the best game I've seen him play for a while. You know what it's like when when things are going well for you and you can feel the confidence in the team and I I think everybody fed off that atmosphere and I think it was really good. It it was also a game that you know didn't make it out to the wings too many times. It was the bludgeoning power of the forwards that did such damage and I I suppose if you you look at it, it's probably because Esther Hazen was doing so much damage in the midfield that the ball didn't go out too much and uh, you know, it wasn't a winger's game, but yeah, they they played well.
1: Yeah, that's why well, the question. I feel that slightly different on Mathimpi. I'm a huge fan. I didn't think he had the best of games, but um, yeah, well, I think where I was sitting, I, I expected him to run a try in the first half. I know he's bundled out.
2: Um, two people knocked him out there, and uh, I don't think any. I don't even think a forward would have got over there. The.
1: Okay. Well, talking of wingers, um, Cabus comes on. Ranoc. <laughs> Nice white beats, jumping around, runs into the middle of the bunch where the scrum is and then runs on on, <laughs> back on on the wing. I think New Zealand get the ball, kick it wide to uh, Mark um to Lea, who immediately skips force. <laughs> we're all shouting, but he's not a winger. Do you, do you, think, do you
2: think you think we try to like fool the New Zealand by having two minds at the back of the scrum? Maybe that's a tactic. You know, maybe we're gonna go for the 5-3 split and have three scrum halves on the bench where, and five backline and three forwards. What do you think about that? that why are you even thinking about that? That's no, a I'm thinking, thing Yeah, I,
1: I mean, gosh, I'm, I'm completely <laughs> lost in that question. <laughs> um, none of the much. Um, the officials gave it to um, Willemsa, but, um, but I'll say but, because even he, when he acknowledged it, said, um, the forwards won this game. <laughs> This Ford's won this game.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I think Peter Steff toy, um was probably my man of the match, and and I don't even think uh, Valimso was my man of the match of the backline. No, uh, I, I liked este, what Esther isn't it? Um, I I thought he made a, the biggest impact in the backline. Uh, yeah, Peter Steff Toy for me. Um, yeah, I agree, or, I agree with you. Or our all black front row that came on and scrummed the All Blacks
1: ok so just on that because I've moved ahead of that mm. it's practically a complete pack for pack change bar one manner Peter Stuff
2: oh, what
1: a job they do yeah,
2: they I mean you talk immediately about, hit, you, hit the ground running yeah. so uh, we discussed last week John Klein I, I didn't realise what a good player he is he's just He's just going up, in my estimation, every That's
1: week. That's because he's been Irish for a long time. Yeah. So what, he's been whatever. off the radar.
2: I, I don't even remember him being on the radar when he played in South Africa. Um, so him and Snarman, brilliant. Um, the, the front row, well, there was a demolition job. Um, and they were at it. So I loved watching him come in, big smiles. And you could tell they, they meant business and they got stuck into them. These guys at Ethan De Groot, I mean, they basically... You know, they said they think he's he's the best. I've heard a lot of pundits say he's the best number one in the business. And well,
1: yeah, just on style, he's he's phenomenal player. Wrecked um, the line a couple of times, and then threw uh, very wild passes away, which I think, he could have been really punished for. I
2: think he gets asked to do that. I think that's that's what they want him to do, and why they bring him on and don't start him. He's he's, he's a marauding.
1: Lots. That's a great word for him he certainly is a, a maraudinger um, so just to mention angie really about um gosh the game's over we're all on this kind of bewildered high hey? <laughs> the crowd's going crazy we're looking at one another going, can you believe that and uh and just a reminder somebody we haven't mentioned today sir calicia yeah. again extraordinary he played a half half against uh wales he's played a full game now good performance again certainly set up one of the tries yeah. Um, he comes to do a post-match interview in front of the West Sun where we're all sitting, full you know, fellow of Springbok supporters, and the reception from the crowd was insane, singing his name. He couldn't actually be interviewed at, at first because of the noise. I've never seen a reception like that for any Springboks captain before. And, um, just, just a few thoughts about Cyr at mm. the moment.
2: Yeah, so I, I didn't see that, unfortunately. I w- would have liked to have um, heard the reception for him. It was so crazy, and it was so loud. Um, I, yeah, I, I didn't hear it or see it I think um, people love him there's no doubt I think there's a lot of respect there the players respect him he's a really good leader yeah. I do really like him a lot I think there's a future in politics for Sierra.
1: because we all know for the first up until quite recently there's been a lot of people saying no he's not a natural leader which I've been on that band before, and before but he's he, he uses nat- leaders around him I,
2: I don't think he is a natural leader
1: but he's grown into that position yeah, for sure he like has
2: and a, a a good leader, I think, has also acknowledges the good soldiers he has, which the good he does, people, constantly. and he does. He does and, and exactly, and I, and I think that's where he's so clever, is that he uses everybody for their strengths, and it, it, they work. And when
1: when he was brought in, I believe it was your Lionsman after he got injured, our old skipper, which was Juan uh, Whiteley, wasn't mm. it? Then Khaleesi came in and myself included, oh, you're bringing him in. Okay, he plays okay for the Stormers, but this, this him, 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 him. you better than him. Mm. But, see, he rarely puts in an average performance for the Springboks, let alone a poor one. Mm. So it's another he, standout he, performance.
2: He, he plays better for the Springboks than he did he for the Sharks. Um, he's transcending the game a little bit with what he stands for, for the country as a leader, for unifying uh, South Africa. So, So he brings, he's a unifying factor that, we really need in South Africa, and that is so rare, and that's why I'm saying there's a political future for that guy. If he and plays a
1: unifying it. factor which is linked to the Springboks, know, every four years a uh, uh, a very unifying
2: yeah. factor. Well, the the fact that the Springbok emblem was, mm. you know, considered the heart of Afrikanidom, and now we have a black captain that's, you know, relishing it, and yeah, I mean, you can't say enough audits about how that all works okay. and pulls together, so yeah, really happy for him. Um, Deserves it. Yeah.
1: Bravo, sir. Back to the school line. 35-7. Here we are. What is it? Three days later. It's Monday here. 35-7. I'm still getting my head around it. I'm still on a semi-high. I don't know about yourself.
2: I am. I am. I've been on a high the whole weekend.
1: We drove back the the same night from Turkmen. And uh,
2: the the
1: car was pretty quiet at first. I think people were trying to process what had happened. Something we've never seen before, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where does it sit for you in terms of up there in terms of the great springboard results or the great games you've actually been
2: to? Number one, far and away number one. We scored five times the amount of points that the All Blacks scored. We dominated them in every facet. Um, and, and really important for me was the fact we didn't get injuries, but we also did it going into the World Cup. Um, so, you know, it's been difficult times for this box team i think because of selections inconsistency for months if not years and and it just seems to be flattening out we're getting better consistency um and i think looks good going into the world cup okay, well, I, I, I i just want to say one thing i thought and you can give your opinion um i thought there was an extra gear that we could still bring in maybe because i was thinking you know guys like colby and Billy, like you're saying is there is an extra gear um Wilson said um, Jeff Wilson said he thinks it's the best South Africa could ever play whereas the Kiwis could do a hell of a lot more and would be much better do you think that is the ceiling for us?
1: I think it's very close to the ceiling I think it is very close to the ceiling I think the um, in terms of the gear I think we're in the right gear Mm. and a couple of personnel changes probably within the backs themselves Mm. and a couple of just catching nuances if something's not quite firing, just ver- varying things up a bit at the set piece, and you know I wouldn't say we can go up another gear, but I can. I, I, can we improve on that performance? It's frightening, yeah. I think we can. Eh?
2: Yeah, I mean I think we could have won by fifty points if you know if you got the moody try. Uh, remember towards the end when they when they broke out um, when Staman kind of got the ball out, went to Oranser. Posse, Gave it Posse. to Moody, Moody messed, messed up mm. the pass, I think, uh, to Willemser, uh, unfortunately, we'll or put it behind him, or there it was some combination there. That I, would have been a try, because there was no defenders left. I think, I a, fair reflex,
1: I think a fair reflection would have been 50 points. So. Probably. <laughs> okay, Andrew, um, let's just hear what friend of the show, Lut, had to say about the game on Friday night.
3: Hi, Andrew and Elmar. Listen, yeah, thanks, guys, for including me on your podcast Um, I've listened to the previous episodes, I really enjoyed it. Well, after Friday night's game, I can think, ah, so we're all very pleasantly surprised. Uh, It wasn't expected, I think. Um, But the boys did well. One of the biggest um, surprises for me was how extremely well Estreason and Moody played. Their combination was second to none. Um, They were absolutely brilliant. And, you know, in the papers I've I've read the player analysis and some of them didn't score as high as I would have liked. I would have given them eights, nines and tens <laughs> where some of them got five, sixes and sevens. So anyway, each to their own. Um, it was a really good game, but we can't get above ourselves. You know, we've been in that situation before where they've been in when we've got a bit of a hiding and the guys have to pick themselves up. So enjoy the glory while it lasts. Um, I know that the guys are really looking forward to to the Scotland game and that's where the focus is. But in our group, um, Ireland's going to be the tough one to beat. But we can do it. We've got to play like we played on Friday, going hard, dominant and just enforce it. That's the way forward. And um, I think that's the only way we're going to beat Ireland They do play a clever tactical game. Um, Personally, I don't think they've got it in them to win the World Cup because, you know, they don't have the depth. You know, seven games in six weeks, it's tough. It is really tough. And if you don't have the depth to alternate players, um, you are going to come short. Listen here, guys. Thanks for the podcast. It's really fun to listen to. Let's just
1: have a toast. We're, I've got a nice Muscadet Sir Lee on the go here. A um, white wine for a change. Oh. But I'll toast, Andrew, uh, to the Springboks. Cheers. Uh, a hell of a performance. Yeah, we and, love that. And uh, one we'll be watching and rewatching for years to come. Yeah,
2: I've watched it three times already.
1: So bravo, Springboks. Uh, just um, talking about Jeff Wilson, though. So mm. um, this morning I was watching uh, The Breakdown, as probably a lot of people do. I know um, certainly... Um, in the absence of Super Rugby these days. Um, it's probably the one show that keeps me semi-in-touch with what's going yeah. on down south. I read the New Zealand Herald quite a bit as well. Mm. But if it wasn't for this show in particular, I really wouldn't know what we were facing at all, I don't think. I agree. And I, I, I mostly enjoy what comes out of Mr yeah. Wilson's mouth. Not so much John Cohen. And this morning showers, <laughs> the roster seemed to be reversed a lot. Yeah. And I found myself switching it off after a while. So, uh, and I know you were you watched it all. You yeah. even got off the treadmill. You are saying. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I I watched it. Uh, I, I saw it this morning. 54 minutes. I thought right. I go walk on the treadmill and have a have a listen to this. I, I was so flabbergasted that I actually made some notes on my phone because of what I was hearing. And uh, I, I just want to play some of this some of this back. So they they were complaining. Um, about the length of the game they said that the game the ball was in the field of play for 34 minutes and the length of the game was 107 minutes and they said that you know with doing this the ref carrying on and the bunker looking at tmo decisions and interventions and all of that type of stuff completely played into the box hands and i was like bullshit because when when you are losing you want to break you want to try and break the rhythm we were smashing them. Had we sped the game up, I think they would have lost by more. So I disagree with that. They complained about the ref. Um, as a, the only one that didn't was Mills he, he was, and even that Kirsty Stanway was a little bit more neutral. But Jeff Wilson and the others he said the ref, um, you know, was really bad. Um, and and that Barrett didn't even deserve a card for that shot on Mark. It was merely, merely a penalty. Um, and at the red card, there's, there's no ways that that should go to a sighting commission or, or whatever it is, because it's just ridiculous. They did not for one minute speak about any of their players and how they played. They only mentioned Scott Barrett. Now, I, I think what happened was they were told not to. They were told not to pile on the misery on their players before the World Cup. If you recall a few years, well, it was quite a few years ago, I think it was when John De Villiers was the captain. And Norse and Darren were going so hard at the players. And then the players turned around and said, if you carry on doing that, we're not going to give you any interviews. We're not going to have any interaction with you. And I think what's happened after watching that is these guys were so shell-shocked that the powers that be within the breakdown Sky Sports said to them, don't talk about that. Because how can you give your punditry without actually mentioning one player?
1: You might be onto something here because traditionally in New Zealand they're very aligned in terms of the clubs are super aligned with the uh, with the All Blacks. Yeah, yeah. And the media traditionally were always aligned with the All Blacks. and very pro. All Blacks doesn't mean to say they can't criticize but, but you may be onto something.
2: They didn't, they, did you hear them mention one player no. and what he did wrong?
1: No, it's criticism fact, of, even Malcolm Orks, criticism of Malcolm Orks, yeah. criticism of the officials. The game, uh, despite the it going on for too long in the first half, despite it was going on for that amount of time because of what you were doing at the line-out. Yeah. And then holding the ball up, which was to your credit, but without those TMOs, maybe the tries would have been given. Yes. <laughs> well,
2: well oh. I- every, all the Kiwi guys that are sitting amongst and, and had a chat to all all said, we didn't play well, you really played well. There's was a much more balanced view. And, and then you go into a, a TV studio, for them to all take that point of view and Jeff Wilson attacked it straight from the start. His Mm. opening shot across the bars was, I'm going to go on the offensive here. This was rubbish. It was, you know, blah, blah. It doesn't mean anything. This, you know, Katal Cup, what is a Katal And And I just thought, wow, um, it's not what I expect from these guys. But I do understand that they're trying to, you know, circle the wagons, support the team. um, And and we, we know this is New Zealand. They're a lot better than that. They got caught off guard. And hopefully it's enough to put them in the... Put them in the ground for a
1: while. Okay, Angie. So, um, moving on to the other games. We'll start in the country we're in. um, At Twickenham on Saturday. The day after Friday. So, we've got uh, 80,000 people on Friday night there. 40,000 the following day with England playing there against Fiji. And um, another wow, really. Wow. Although, to their credit, I mean... Before I ask you, I mean, I've been watching Fiji, or following them, certainly and Samoa this year, and they've been um, stacking up some good results, playing, reading their match reports, really playing with a lot of discipline this year. Yeah. Uh, their natural aggression, of course, and uh, and go-forward rugby. But they brought that to, and they're playing with a lot of confidence. It has to be, because of that, they're playing with a lot of confidence. So, in my mind, I know that some people think, oh, gosh, England lost It at Tuchinam, shock, horror. It was no surprise to me at all that they lost. So a team like that are playing with confidence, coming to Wickenham and playing a team, a Tier 1 team, who are not confident, don't seem to know what they're doing. Um, I mean, gosh, their heads seem to go down after a while. I mean, they're, they're there for the taking, surely, right for the picking. Yeah. So it's no surprise that Fiji have won at England. Fiji played well. Uh, congratulations to them. I think it's really good for world rugby. I know England supporters won't enjoy it. The- hearing that but uh but still wow on the surface of things you see that result it, it does highlight i mean england should never be losing at home no. to many teams but so,
2: let, if we just try what put, a mess if we try and put this into perspective england have five times at least more amount of people playing rugby than fiji have population fiji have a population of sixty thousand. okay I think the rise of Fijian rugby is because of a couple of things. I say the rise. The rise of their 15 game is a couple of things. Based on the Drura and them playing in Super Rugby. um, I think they play with top professionals week in and week out. And it also gives them an environment, kind of like the Jaguars, to then put that team in. I think, secondly, the law change that's allowed players to return to their country and represent them has been a a, a really big boost um, because they they now they've got a system that you can work through and not have to go somewhere else to make money, um, or, and it, it really seems to be working. And then they arrived at you know in England um, <clears throat> to play a team that I think they've lost four or five very recently. Um, so so like you say, they were there for the taking. Is this? the biggest rugby scalp in rugby history and the reason and i hope you're going to say yes because it'll it'll kind of put that japanese defeat <laughs> <laughs> do
1: you know what As I'm, the second it, worst as you were saying that I was, <laughs> I was immediately thinking of that day I spent in brighton watching this and um thinking
2: oh God. uh i could only think of japan these springboks um oh sixty thousand people sixty thousand populations got uh, fijians you know when when Fijians, for me, have got the best genetics I've, I've ever seen on guys. We, I, I remember we used to go to the uh, German Acton, play rugby with those guys. They would be at the Redback Hammet. They would train once, twice, and they would look physically incredible. They have everything there, the skill, the flair, the culture, um, and the support to do it. And they did it to England. They pulled their pants down and embarrassed them.
1: Well, they certainly did. and. did. Um Courtney Laws, the captain. I feel really oh, sorry. Not I mean, bad. Mm. Hundredth cup, He's walking out with his kids beforehand. Uh, I'm not sure how you feel about Courtney Laws, but I have him down as a a, a very good, consistent forward. Who, yes. who who would make a good string To be honest. D-
2: did you see the interview after the game?
1: I did, and I, I did see a snippet where he did say them. Let's be honest, or something. They may just look silly. After. He
2: he was um, heartbroken. That's the. He he was at a loss for words and it was quite brave to come, and I suppose you have to do it, says a lot about the kind of guy that you are. I I think England have got huge problems. Mm. And, I mean, that's a completely different discussion, but Borthwick, I I think he's on the verge of, if he doesn't have a decent run in a very easy side of the tournament, I think he could be out. Well...
1: I know there's been a lot of criticism here I've picked up all in terms of the fact he's a novice, that is perceived as a novice he's been coaching a while but a uh. novice head coach out of his depth etc I know we spoke on last week's podcast that um, mentioning that um, the process is wrong, it's antiquated or, it, or that's a perception really and it doesn't matter what personnel you bring in, four players or what they're not going to, the performances aren't going to alter what, 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 and at the moment what I'm seeing from an England team is Anybody who's half-decent at rugby that they come up against, they'll lose as as long as they persist in playing playing this
2: So, if you're a chef, you use the ingredients you have to make something.
1: Do they have the ingredients up front? So, so this is is
2: what I want to say. So, Borthwick is, in my view, going back to what won him a title at Leicester. And um, what what won him that title was a forward-dominated, low-error, strong pack, great um, line-out-style game. The problem is the English players and the players that he's picking can't do that. So he's trying to force them into a game plan that doesn't suit them. You know, you you look at the teams that are finishing at the top of the log for England, don't play that style. Although Leicester was there and thereabouts, but they don't play that style. They
1: don't. It's not um, working. Something which reinforces what you're saying, which is a very worrying um, interview if you're an England supporter. George Ford off to the game. Said that England are playing as they train, which is error strewn yeah, in training, dropping yeah. the ball a lot, uh, kicks too long, etc. What an admission in an interview.
2: Yeah, it's from it's not, their fly It's, horse, it's, it's the not the, It's not the kind of thing that he should be saying. And uh, look, I, you know, my thoughts on George Ford. I think he's a very average um, player. I've, you know, I'm arguing with people on Twitter about. And they say he's wonderful and he's won this and that. And I said, He's never hardly won anything. Um, And then what he has won are not major trophies. So, yeah, I I don't even, I don't rate George Ford. And Borthwick's obviously got a lot of confidence in him and he's putting him in there. But they can't play the style of rugby. Borthwick would do better with the Springboks and our kind of styled rugby than than he is with England. England needs to change and they need to be clever enough to make that change. I I think that they're potentially going to open the checkbook to try and bring in Russia. I don't think they can let this slide.
1: No, I'm in agreement with you. And um, let's let's just see if the voice from the Cape himself, Anwar, Ooh. is also in agreement uh, with us. Over to you, Anwar.
0: I don't know if you listened to Courtney Laws' um, post-match presentation, but you can tell by his comments that that is a very, very, very unstable, unhappy, and just a camp that is not cohesive at all. If you look and listen to, if you conversely listen to how the Springbok players talk about what's going on in their camp, and you listen to the England players, it's like chalk and cheese. I mean, they look disjointed today. They look like they don't have a plan, or they have a plan that is extremely antiquated on how the game is played today. I mean, I looked at that. There was nothing really that stood out for me that they are doing right. Um, George Ford brought a very... I mean, if we look at the game and how the game has evolved, that style of rugby is, is dead. It's, it's old. Um, I mean, you look at the evolution of certain teams, and that includes the Springboks. And England are still trying to still play that old kind of rugby. It doesn't work anymore. They don't have the kind of physicality in the players that we have, or the um, or the French, or the New Zealanders, for that matter, um, even Ireland. So yeah, I mean, those are just the things that I noticed today. I mean, but what is glaringly obvious is how oh, just so frantically unhappy. Those boys are in England
2: camp. It's, oh. he, it's heads down, hey, in that in that camp. Uh, uh, luckily, did, did you see some of the tweets that um, no. were coming out? I saw yours Genge, and Stephen Jones's tweets. Yeah, oh, Stephen Jones. Whatever. Um, but but we'll come today when we talk about Australia and France, and I'll, I'll tell you I got into that kind of tit for tat with, <laughs> with Stephen Jones. Um, yeah, the Genge was he came out with a couple kind of saying, you know, we we know what we're doing wrong, you know, be with us, try and support us. And then he well actually that was his second one. His first one was like, yeah, either support us or don't you fickle kind of thing. And then he tempered it down a little bit. But you know what, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. It shows that he cares and he's mm-hmm. you know he's thinking about it and he's and he's he's not happy. Um so I, I don't have an, an issue with mm-hmm. a guy being upset and mm-hmm. doing that. No, at least it shows a bit of backbone and it's annoying him and he wants to do better. Be, Big trouble um, for them. Big trouble.
1: Yeah, and if we're talking about the World Cup, I mean, a couple of weeks' time, the opening game against the Pumas, do you give them any chance at all?
2: Uh, no, because I, I just haven't even seen a good game from them in the last team. Have you? Win it?
1: No, I give them zero oh, chance.
2: They drew with New Zealand, didn't they? Last year.
1: Yeah, but was that under Eddie? I think it was under the yeah, just Eddie before the and, game. And they
2: scored fourteen points in the last eight minutes. Yeah. Um, with some really good like content I was there at that game. Like they just outplayed the all blacks but, you know, Giving the ball further, further keeping in hand and running and passing.
1: But what we mentioned last week is um, they only seem to have spurts of playing well in adversity. When they get a man sent off, they feel a sense of injustice and um, they actually start ripping up the rule book, ripping up the coaching manual and playing. I think that's
2: more the style they need to play
1: because Um, they haven't got the front row to do.
2: No, they need to be getting
1: that ball out the scrum asap and shifting. Dan Cole, Dan Cole. Is he still? He's still in the. I think Dan
2: Cole was at school with my grandfather.
1: He's on the water, I guess.
2: <laughs> You know, it's like you go to his house, you can see his World War One medals. Uh, and is that the best they can put out? Uh, in... Well, if
1: um, something doesn't change soon, they're going to get pumped against the Pumas. And also, as I was mentioning, half-decent teams will beat them. Samoa in that group, I believe.
2: I, yeah. I, so why, Japan, why is, you can why see them beating they Japan. Picking... So you take a person like that, Vivavaro and Rushkin, what's his name? Uh, Rushkin, he plays prop for Gloucester. Uh, he's the best prop in the in the in the premiership. Doesn't get selected. Eagles. Well,
1: who knows? Who knows?
2: I won't be putting money on them to uh, for a win. I think Argent, Argentina will, will beat them through a forward dominated game. Um, in their
1: first game okay we're well, talking about argentina they uh they played in spain over the weekend uh won 62-3 uh, so a proper pummeling and i'm sure spain would have been up for that game given the world cup status mm. etc so argentina seemed to be bang on four if you move on to another game we've got uh, i didn't see this game so i've only read the match reports uh, scotland through georgia they won mm. 33-6 Apparently it was a very close um, first yeah. half before Scotland cut loose really with uh, yeah. with our friend Duan der Vanderburger playing really well he in the second half.
2: G- Georgia are better than we give them credit mm. for. They've got a good set piece, they've got a good line out.
1: Good form this year. Yeah, Big yeah. Crowds. I mean they
2: beat Wales, didn't they, first time? Mm. Um so so they And Italy. Yes, and Italy. and Italy. So they've they've got a scrum that um England could do with. And then some of their backline play was a bit amateurish at times. Scotland couldn't get on top of them. It, it took a bit of their big-name players to break Georgia down, which, yeah, um, and and then they, they tend to run away with the game in the second half. Um, the Spring Jocks, the spring as we jocks, know them. Yeah. yeah, the South African boys um, all played well. Uh, but so Scotland, that's our first game. If we I, – I don't see how that pack can – stack up to us but i know the scottish as a people they they brave and 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 they're not i mean they they're strong as well and if you give them a sniff you're in trouble but it got to you've got to take it away from what, them right at the beginning
1: what they do what they do very well the loss. you sing the anthem is uh yeah, Brilliant. Sing the anthem very well they also play with a sustained level of speed and tempo which if you shut off from, you'll be in trouble. They play at a high, high level of speed. Uh, and their ball skills their and accuracy are, are excellent.
2: You've got uh, Finn Russell, yeah, yeah. you've got Hugh Jones, you've got uh, du- Duan Van Ameve, you've got Graham, Darcy Graham. Darcy Graham, who's yeah, yeah, keeping Carl Stone out. Oh, yeah, keeping yeah the um, and then who's the other, uh, two, uh, who's the other, he's obviously an Islander import um, tupo? Oh, no, the puck. No, no, oh, at the, the centre. centre. In the yeah, centre. yeah. Oh.
1: So MacTupen. Oh.
2: Yeah, <laughs> MacTupen. <laughs> so yeah, they've been a very good side, um, and and but Georgia gave them a good test, you know. And what was impressive for me about Scotland is Scotland adapted in the second half. Mm. They have got a different way of playing if they need it. So you know, you're talking about a team that's developed over time. Finn Russell's a little magician, isn't he? And, and he's uh, clearly
1: been given cobblance to yeah, do, yeah. to run the show. Yep. To do what he wants. Exactly. And that's, I think that's made the difference. Okay, well we'll talk about Scotland uh, more next week, obviously. Uh, Ireland Samar, I watched some of this game. I know oh, you watched wow. it. And Ireland, uh, they played down in France and they ended up running out winners seventeen to thirteen. So very very close game. Oh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I was pleased to see as a scrum half. I was pleased to see Conor Murray playing. Mm. And he had a good game.
2: Mm-hmm. It was better than match. Uh,
1: I didn't realise that. Okay. And a shame to see uh, Keen Healy, who's now out of the World Cup. The last real chance he'll get to go to the World Cup.
2: Such a, like a a rock for them. A hell of a a player down the years. Strong. Mm. Strong. They've got a couple of problems at uh, prop. Um, They're looking a bit thin. Because, kind of the biggest take for me out of that whole game was they were dominated by the Samoan pack. You know, you've got a number one team in the world. Finley Bieland, going backwards. These guys were going backwards. They got run over, and it it was a slippery pitch, which often negates Rainy. a bit of yeah, yeah, negates the you know a forward dominance in in the scrum time because it's a little bit more of a lottery. And and they got smashed. And they almost did like a you know a thief in the night move there to to win that. Very exciting from Samoa hey they good athletes they got stuck in they've got some really good players back from that that law change um you know they've got again these these specific island teams are taking advantage of that law change to bring people back who have worked in structured systems on how to how to run forward packs Mm -hmm. and line out scrum and now that they're getting that with their natural flair and physicality in the black in the backs they put together some really good rugby and, and a good team performance.
1: Well, as we all know, they, these islanders, if they get front football, quick ball, front football, you, they're almost
2: indefendable. Do, do you remember in 2007, we were Fiji? Fiji. <laughs> it was I the only loose. time I've seen, we emptied the bench, you remember, he had Bucky's, he had Victor, he had Von Stein. Well, we'd have lost Droffery, if not. And they brought the entire, and we, it's called Berger and John Smith, and they John brought them all on at the same yeah. time. And we clawed it back. Clawed it back. Of yes, I do.
1: Okay, and lastly, Italy, who uh, ran out winners against Japan 42 21. I know I discussed this earlier mm. with the, earlier about Japan just being it's just such a shame, They The last two World Cups elevated themselves to an established tier one yeah. nation of, of recent times and they've just fallen back, regressed back to their old status, really, in terms of performance. And Italy, who are oh, they are. To Italy's credit, they are improving as a mm. team. Uh, they won 42-21, but you know, congratulations to Italy. I mean, they'll need to play a little bit better than that, even given the group there. And although and maybe if New Zealand uh, keep playing as they are, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just a sh- I just wanted to say, um, it's a shame for Japan, and I hope they can turn things around. And maybe a, uh, maybe they've got one eye on the England game to get their confidence back
2: why, up. Why? Why has it been such a decline in the Japanese game?
1: I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't tell you. I mean, maybe it's just as simple as Eddie Jones leaving. And
2: well, Ed, Eddie Jones wasn't the coach. Um, oh,
1: sorry. Yeah, no, he left in he 2015. He quite a while. I though. just don't know. I don't know. Maybe just because older I, players not moving on. Nothing underneath.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe last like senior players three because I, I think I caught yeah. the lineup, and it looked like the familiar names that are you, you know you've, you've heard before. So I would have expected a better performance and a better result. But they've had a few, like, poor results mm. recently. Mm. so Samoa, tucked them away. Quite, quite comfortable. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Quite comfortable. Samoa, Samoa looking like... Do you think there's going to be a couple of island surprises?
1: Um, well, island as it being stands, Pacific, if I told island, you that uh, Fiji will beat Wales in the group, would you be surprised?
2: I told you they would last week. I, I, you I called think,
1: it, actually. Yeah. I think they will. And what if... Samoa, can Samoa turn over England? On the presumption England will improve, I,
2: I I think they'll probably go in as the favorite And Tonga weekend, to beat the Springboks. I haven't. Uh, Tonga have been a little bit under the radar, but the the, the difference is that we're not in England. Yeah. Um, we didn't just take thirty five points at Twickenham either. So, you know, we dealt it that.
1: I can't see anybody surprising Scotland, Ireland, or the Springboks of a lower lower capacity. But um. uh,
2: Australia could be uh, could get tough for them with Fiji after what I saw from Fiji and where Australia are, oh, um, yeah, that, that could be a could be a lottery. Okay,
1: well, that concludes the rugby. We'll be back again this time next week. Tick and like, um,
2: subscribe,
1: feedback. Yes, absolutely. Um, follow us on Twitter. I'll just mention that in a second. We're, we're, we're going to enjoy the campsite now and light the bra have a few more <laughs> beers, gloss, gloss a two more wine. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just close the show, really, Andrew, um, with your interaction with the esteemed Times journalist, and New Zealand's favourite journalist, <laughs> Stephen Jones.
2: Yes, yeah, so how, how that started was, we we're, were watching um, Australia-France, and uh, I I was thinking that the ref was, you know, leaning a little bit more towards France. He gave the two softest yellow cards for high tackles that I've uh, potentially ever seen. They were worse than the one Peter Steff de got in the game against New Zealand. And uh, here comes Stephen Jones on Twitter, very proudly saying what a wonderful game he's having um, and that the referee is excellent. And I commented, listen, you know, I prefer a, a ref that knew this was a, a contact sport um, and didn't just, I mean, taps on the head. Where's, where is it going? And he was, you know, listening to the TMO and they were all, yes, get him off. And I just said it was absolute shit and it was uh, b- bad, bad riffing. And so he came back to me and, you know, basically said that I was talking like a toilet. And I responded to him saying, well, at least I'm not a liar. And, uh, you know, wrote an article about the Twickenham Sevens that he wasn't even at and, and hadn't even happened. So he, he published the article about the Twickenham Sevens before the Twickenham Sevens had happened. So, yeah, to you, Stephen Jones, middle finger.
1: And on that note, you've been listening to the AE Rugby Podcast. <laughs>
0: Sweet. The my hand. Now look on your arm. Marks, my pity. A couple of directs. I like to look on your arm. Marcel Apollo, direct my pity. Oh, it's the man. Lick Carl Sue. Hip hop, Lee. Shalpopo. Shalpissi. Oh, it was Batman's eye.